Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to introduce our guest for today. Mike Horn is an executive coach. He's the host of the podcast, Authentic Change. He's the author of the new book, Integrity by Design, Working and Living Authentically, which I hope we'll hear about in our conversation today. And he specializes in advancing authentic leadership, another big word that we hear a lot about when we're talking about bravery in the workplace. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ed. I'm so delighted to be here today with you and your audience. Uh, Thank you for the warm introduction, Ed. My pleasure. It's great to have you as well, Mike. And I think what I gave you is more of a light introduction. I'm sure there is more to you than what I had briefly described. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and really how you currently interact in the marketplace? Uh, thank you so much, Ed. Um, that's um, a great question to start with, particularly uh, focused on a conversation on bravery and perhaps how authenticity and integrity contribute to elements or our ideas or notions of bravery. Um, I think my career got started as a, an act of bravery, uh, as I think about it. Um, my Youngest experiences around work uh, were, if you can believe it, uh, working for the Gallup uh, uh, Opinion Research Corporation as a door-to-door uh, surveyor at that time. This is all in the, you know, in the dawn of the uh, internet age, and then as a uh, boycotter for the United Farm Workers Union, uh, walking picket lines at uh, Safeway stores and other grocery stores. And I think it was that that really um, encouraged me to begin my professional career because what I saw in all of this conflict was a way that people could engage uh, creatively, they could come together. So I chose a career in labor relations and uh, that lasted a while, but not too long uh, because I found that I was always working the same sorts of issues, Um, either, you know, someone on the employer side. It was going through a role relative to midterm contract negotiations, grievance handling, uh, all of that sort of great uh, stuff that happens in the workplace. But it eventually led me to a career, a global career in organization development and leadership. And uh, I've led uh, 
organization development in some Fortune 100 companies. And today, really bringing all of that experience into my work as a coach, mentor, and teacher. Fantastic, Mike. Well, you sound like you have a fantastic career. And I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your book and you know what the word integrity means to you. That seems to play an important part in your career. You know, these words, integrity and authenticity, particularly authenticity, it seems to show up everywhere at this moment in time. And I was reading something by Amy Edmondson recently, uh, you know, someone who uh, certainly has been at the forefront of psychological safety and uh, just how often the word authenticity has creeped into our lexicon of management and leadership. But, you know, let's get back to the big question you ask about, you know, the book and uh, these words. For me, when I think about integrity, I think about all of the times it's tested in life. It gets tested in, you know, when you're uh, a preteen, in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. It gets tested uh, throughout life. And when we think about a person of integrity, we generally think about uh, the whole cloth. We think about the genuine article. And I think it's a way of knowing who you are uh, and bringing that to the world. And that differs from authenticity in that authenticity means that my words and actions match, and even better when my words, actions, and my thoughts align, attitudes, behaviors, and cognition. And, and when I am aligned in that regard, Ed, right, when my words and actions and thoughts match, then generally I'm happy. <laughs> you know, and people, is, that, is that the secret to happiness? Yeah, well, I think it might be, you know, having that sort of um, psychological congruency, because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about congruency uh, is about uh, a happiness. And, and Ed, that's not the kind of happiness that comes with you know, having a new boyfriend or a new, a new girlfriend or the birth of a child, uh, but rather it is a sustained set of happiness. And what we know is that um, we, we like to work for people who are happy. Uh, and so maybe I, I wrote the book. I mean, it didn't come to me until after I wrote the uh, I wrote um, Integrity by Design, Working and Living Authentically. It didn't come to me until after I had written the book that I did it because I want everyone to have a best friend at work. And, you know, I guess you could trace that back to some of the Gallup uh, research relative to, you know, what does having a best friend do at work? For me, it's uh, somebody who has your back, somebody who says, oh, you've got this. Um, So we've got the ideas of integrity, you know, about a whole cloth, about if you were an engineer, you might say, call it structural integrity. Things seem to hang together well. Uh, and, and we gravitate towards authenticity and we think about this congruency that happens. And I'm often reminded uh, and guided by uh, observations of Carl Jung, who said that, you know, in part, you are um, you are what you do, not what you say you'll do. And there we go, you know, with integrity. And then secondly, that, you know, his other observation was that the greatest gift of a lifetime is becoming the person you are, uh, becoming who you are. And thirdly, you have to accept your current state in order to make progress on the first two items, right? To become who you are, uh, to work on this congruency. Um, And, you know, that's where I land. That's why I brought the book to the marketplace. uh, And uh, 
it aids in advancing uh, authentic leadership. Uh, this idea that a manager uh, can create trust, can create open uh, and transparent communication as opposed to guarded and cautious communication. And it all goes down, it all goes from there in terms of the results that are produced in innovation and other outputs that are often desirable in organizations. Well, you bring to mind a question, which is if I am a person who wants to operate with integrity, so my thoughts, behaviors, and actions, I think you had a better definition a minute ago, but you know, if I want to act with integrity, why am I not at as brave at work as I could be? So if I want to say something to my boss, which I think may be problematic or could affect our relationship or may not go well, whatever it might be, you know, how do I honor integrity and my desire to operate with integrity when faced with something that's hard or challenging to do? Yeah, I often um, start conversations with people uh, or with groups with a poll. Are you more authentic at home or at work? And the answer, I think, is predictable, right? I mean, usually it's 90% of people say, oh, I'm more authentic at home. And then I, it just starts a conversation about, well, what are you leaving on the table? You know, what's left? Uh, why can't you do that? And, uh, you know, employment is an unbalanced relationship, right? I mean, in terms of the power. But I think if anything that the, uh, you know, one effect of the global uh, endemic pandemic uh, uh, with COVID is that uh, many people are, you know, questioning what is work? How do I bring my whole self to work? And and that is one of our ideas and notions of integrity. So, you know, if I want to um, bring that, if I want to bring myself to work, then certainly the environment has to be ready for that. And if I'm working for an authentic jerk, which, you know, I could be, right? Um, you're probably going to have some challenges in terms of uh, living your values. You know, all of this, I mean, people ask me, are there authentic jerks? I say, yes, there are, right? Um, so a lot of this work grows out of your values. And for me, it grows out of a set of humanistic values. The ability to, uh, not the ability, but the, the value of um, respecting others, uh, understanding the dignity that's inherent in each individual, uh, growing diverse ideas and people around me so that I can grow inclusion. I mean, I think these are the things that, you know, begin to help um, make us, uh, everyone is worthy of love in an organization, right? Everyone deserves to be loved. So I need a manager who can create an environment you know, back to the concepts in psychological safety, who can create an environment who knows that behaving authentically is a two-way street <laughs> in a relationship. And that as a manager, I can influence the actions of others. But certainly, if I'm authentic, then I can be influenced uh, by those around me. So I think it all, you know, and, and if I'm a manager and I want productivity, I want uh, all the things that many organizations want in terms of their important outcomes, then, you know, it takes some work. Well, Amy Edmondson is actually a former guest of Be Brave at Work, and she did talk a lot about psychological safety. And of course, that arena is something that has to be created. And I think it's one of those maybe top-down structures that the boss has to talk about it. The boss has to demonstrate it. The boss has to role model it. The boss has to reward it. 
right? So people believe and start feeling that this is part of their environment. Uh, you know, from your perspective, is that a huge piece of that kind of cultural integrity-based relationship? Oh, uh, sure. You know, I, I, I'm a Lewinian by nature. Uh, you know, sort of my framework is uh, influenced by Lewin and his followers and, and, and everybody, you know, after Lewin. But I believe that behavior is a function of the person and the environment and that managers, organizations, leaders have a lot they can do that influences and shapes that environment so that people can bring more of who they are to what they do and bring their best to every situation. So environmentally, yes, you know, it takes a, it takes a leader, it takes an organization uh, to pull together and say, back to our values, you know, what do we value? Do we value uh, participatory decision-making? Uh, you know, people, um, uh, systems, what do they say? That, um, you know, good people are always trumped by bad systems, right? And having this sort of systems view, uh, this way that we're in service of others goes a long way. So, Back to your question around bravery and uh, how that relates uh, to so many of us operate in fear, right? And uh, the, the consequences of that fear are so ro uh, real, missed promotions, missed pay opportunities, missed plum assignments, um, that it requires knowing who you are in order to make progress. And isn't that really where it starts for the authentic leader with self-awareness? It does. I am a huge fan of self-awareness because the more aware you are, the better you can manage the environment you're in. And you, know, you began listing, Mike, some of the self-created reasons that we place into our heads as to why I shouldn't be brave at work, right? A missed promotion, a missed pay salary, a missed opportunity. Uh, I'm damaging a relationship that's important to me. What I say may not come out of my mouth correctly. And so we're going to get into this defensive debate versus, you know, me trying to help others. And, uh, you know, I think we self-create so many of those. So I'm just curious, since you are Lewinian and the only the first self-proclaimed Lewinian on our podcast, uh, what is the, uh, you know, why do we fill our heads more with why I shouldn't do something versus saying, you know, I want to have a candid conversation with my boss because I think this will have a very positive impact on this person. I'm sure I can say it intelligently and competently. I think it'll help. This, you know, why don't we self-fill ourselves with reasons we should do something versus these easy, oh, I can't because of this and this and this. And I'll forget it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, because it's easier to um, correct, drive, improve, eliminate restraining forces than it is to <laughs> accentuate positive forces. <laughs> it's much more difficult to have an abundance mentality, to have a, uh, a, 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 a view that, you know, I am powerful. Oh, and, you know, particularly, I mean, it's easier for me to say as an older white male, right? But I think about all of the systemic, uh, you know, isms that exist in organizations that really uh, drive against that kind of truthful expression or uh, the ability to be brave. Uh, again, you know, that's managerial, that's cultural, uh, and it probably is uh, in part about bringing the right people 
Well, it's always about uh, ensuring that you have the right people supporting you. Uh, as we like to say, leaders don't have to be perfect, even though in the, especially in the USA culture, the, the, the more senior you are, the more perfect people think you are, because that's how you got there. But they do need to support themselves with people who uh, either can do things better than they can, or can make up for weaknesses they may have. You know, if I'm just not good at financial management and no matter how many classes I take and no matter how much practice I have, I'm not interested in it and I'm not any good at it, I need to ensure that I have somebody on the team who's a fantastic financial manager, right? Who can help me and ensure that I make great progress on that. Mike, I'm just wondering, when you think about the concept of bravery in the work, beyond what you have talked about so far, are there any other words or phrases that come to mind uh, when you think about bravery in the workplace? Sure. The immediate word that comes to mind is honesty. Uh, the second word that comes to mind is bullying. And uh, I don't know, maybe these are, maybe that's more of a polarity than they are um, different concepts, right? Uh, if you can recall uh, an experience uh, of when you were bullied, uh, I don't want to go to harass, but when you were bullied, uh, and what your internal uh, compass did with that, what your navigation system did with that, I think that you can use that as a springboard or a platform for trying on and testing some new behaviors, right? But you've got to get in touch with those situations, I think, in which you drew on some reservoir, that internal reservoir that uh, brings you strength and brings you bravery. Uh, I don't mean to say that has to be some, you know, you're the expert on this, Ed. Uh, you know, bravery doesn't have to be loud. Bravery can also, people, you know, persevere and show bravery uh, just by their reserve at times, right? So tapping into those experiences of when you've been in situations in which you were either brave or less than brave, you know, what can you call to mind if you want to work on those areas? And then to think about, what do you need to do as a manager or as, or as a leader or as an employee to create those kinds of uh, experiences? But that's what I sort of draw on. I draw on, you know, times where I uh, haven't been fully myself uh, or when I was less than brave as a way of examining and exploring. Um, I guess so, so much of it, you, you know, we have to fight these corporate uh, statements that many have been taught, you know, you know, if you if you don't know it, just fake it, right? I'm not going to help really with bravery. Uh, keep your head down. Keep your nose to the grindstone. Don't look up. You know, may not help uh, combating oppression, corruption, you know, all of which are real in organizations. I went into organization development thinking about, I'm sorry, I went into organization development thinking that organizations were paragons of virtues, right? <laughs> that it was all about teamwork and purpose. <laughs> and, and you, you know, I learned that, yeah, sure, those things exist. Uh, and there's also a lot more that's woven in the fabric of when we interact with each other, politics, backstabbing, all that stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. We aspire for organizations to be palaces of virtue, but unfortunately, uh, it takes work and effort, right? And bravery, right? To help direct people. And I loved your word abundance because from my perspective, based on the conversations that I've had with people over the last year and a half, bravery is really about helping, 
right? So it's not about criticism. It's not about insulting. It's not putting down. It's not stuck in the past. It's, hey, I've observed something that I think if you recognize and knew about, you might do differently and it'll help you, right? But it's to use that word abundance that you used earlier, it's so much easier to think of the reasons not to do it than it is to have the strength of integrity to say, hey, I wanted to have a conversation with you about something that might be hard for you to hear. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, you, what are the pathways that, you know, what are the, what's the environment that creates that, um, that creates that opportunity to explore and learn about your own bravery? There's so much hurt in organizations, it seems to me that, I mean, that becomes much more figural, that becomes much more front and center, the hurt, as opposed to the bravery. Um, maybe bravery is one of those things that happens more quietly uh, that escapes uh, our attention sometimes in organizations. Well, as we close off our conversation, I would echo your thought earlier, bravery can be quiet. Right. It's not some type of gone with the wind type moment where the whole world is watching, but you could have a quiet conversation with a colleague over lunch to share feedback on something that you think they need to hear. It could take 10 minutes. It's not a two hour, you know, drawn out uh, 60 slide PowerPoint presentation, but it can be a very quiet and meaningful conversation. Mike, thank you so much for your thoughts and observations today about bravery and integrity, which I think do uh go hand in hand. If folks wanted to chat more about what you do and your business, how can they find out more about you? The easiest way to get in touch with me is to visit mike-horn.com. Just go to mike-horn.com and you'll uh, learn all about me and uh, the services and products that we offer at mike-horn.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Mike, for your time today. It was great speaking with you. Thank you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you could reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. You have something to say, yet are not saying it. You have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.